Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Hooking them up, hooking them up on a Wednesday that uh, has a feel of a Friday, but because it's Wednesday, we're talking football, yes, and sir. we're also going to talk Setlist ATX, and this is one of the big ones each year because a uh, company in town, Rod, want to see some live music, experience ATX, and uh, Nick Shuley will guide us yes, sir. to Love where it. the best shows are for, uh, you know, if you're a local that wants to see a great show or someone from out of town that wants to take in a great venue that uh, just... Feels like Austin. Nick will help us with that coming up. I like it. Set list ATX. Uh, also, this the uh, next couple hours we're going to talk to Chris Level in one hour actually from uh, Red Raider Sports. He's the publisher of Red Raider Sports Online. Also, I think He's he does great. sidelines for the football team. He does yeah. baseball, basketball. He is Mr. Red Raider. So we'll get the full scoop on this matchup with uh, whenever we talk Texas football with Texas Tech or any sport, we check in with Chris Level. So that's coming up in our next hour. Plus, uh, Rod goes behind the burn orange curtain one more time. Got to make some picks. If Ty and I'm that's with, right. Maybe, maybe Ty and I will do that for the pregame on, on okay. Friday. Well, Unless so you're not going to pick the Thanksgiving game? Nah. You don't want to pick those? Nah. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. We'll do that Friday when we're live at the Mockingbird Saloon, Friday afternoon, 4 oh, to 6. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. It'll be fun, baby. Yeah. Last one of the season. Just flew by. Especially when Texas is good, it's it's. I think it's actually uh, it's so it's so rare. Was in recently so rare for Texas to be in contention uh, for you know a Big Twelve title or obviously a college football playoff spot in November. Just feels strange. Just hadn't been here in a long time. I know. Just hadn't been here since two thousand nine. It's the last time Texas was in this position this late in the season. Two thousand eighteen was different. 2018, when you played in the Big 12 title game, you got to double-digit wins, but it took you getting to the bowl game and all that to get Yeah, you were a four-loss team that year. Yeah, exactly, right? They, 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 but I would say one thing about that team, that team got better every week. Yeah, it's not they got better. Remember, they lost to Maryland. Did that team lost to Maryland? Didn't they lose to Maryland that year? They did, early. So, early. They lost, yeah. lost Maryland lost twice. Maryland that year. <laughs> I was saying, like, that was a team that actually, we documented, they got better, it seems like, week to week, because nobody expected them after losing to Maryland. Now, people were talking about Tom Herman being on the hot seat after that. Matter of fact, I think he remained on the hot seat every, after losing to Maryland. <laughs> he never got yeah. back off the hot seat, but that was a different experience than this year. This team, I think team, they have uh, well, the really U- earned the trust of Longhorn fans. That team didn't earn the trust of Longhorn fans until they beat Georgia in the bowl game. I was like, hey. Team might be pretty damn good. Well, I, I, I was texting with some some long time. You know, all the guys I'm in a fantasy football league with, they all went to Texas in the 80s. So they, oh, yeah. you know, long time UT fans that have been through a lot, ups and downs, and mm-hmm. uh, texting on a chain with them. And, you know, one thing I'd say after the Iowa State game, this team is easy to root for and they're likable. You know what I mean? They, they play with high football character. They clutch, as you've talked about, and we've all seen. They started with the euphoric win over Alabama, which – most people, you know, they're just hopeful to be in the game and, and have a good showing to start the year. They won the damn thing mm-hmm. by double digits, Yep. which is why we're still talking about this. But, yeah, they've had the near misses. They've had those games that happen over a 12-game season that uh, can derail it, and they haven't succumbed to that except for the Oklahoma game, which, you know, that's one you'd like to have a couple plays over in that ball game if you could. Yeah. Uh, and if you, if you had found a way to win that game like you have these other close games, you'd be number one in the nation right now. Uh, but the fact that you're sitting here with that loss and then Oklahoma's taking some other losses, I think, I think that's hurting you know, Texas more than anything right now. If Oklahoma kept winning, 
Texas would be ahead of Oregon right now. Uh, no, which, I said, I said, I wanted them to be undefeated until you got a chance to beat them in the Big 12 yeah. title game, and you wouldn't have to worry about any of this. Yeah, Brett Normark, yeah, Brett Normark's nightmare. <laughs> it, it would be, but it'd be Texas' dream scenario because you get revenge on your one loss and on your rival, you get to spoil their national title uh, hopes, and you get catapulted. Yeah, you get a big win. Yes. so Because they'd be in the top. They might the top be number five. one right now. Yeah, if you, they'd be if you, top four or five. Yeah. yeah so, and that's where it stands. And that's where, as I said earlier, for fans, the fact that you just started this by saying it's, it's refreshing to be here and talking about this because we haven't been here in a while. It's been, it's been you know, 14 years. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Final Four wasn't even a thing then. It's about two teams. Uh, gosh, 08, of course. We, you know, who's going to play for the national championship game and the yep. Big 12 title game? Uh, that's the last time we've had this type of controversy. But it is fun, and it, it's uh, it's a fun team to root for. It is fun. They're a likable group because of the the development of players, and there's just there's just players on this team that, they, that you like. Right? Oh, Jonathan Jay Brooks, Witt. Jay Witt, Jay Brooks, yeah, Devondre. I mean, J- Jalen Ford, Jade Barron. These are just very likable players, and. It's a fun team, and, and Steve Sarkeesian has done a good job of guiding this, and he's, he comes off really well for me. But So either way, that's where you are. But for folks who are worried about Oregon, I keep saying this, don't worry about it. I, mean, I know I see it all over social media, the strength of schedule rankings, and everybody's mad. Look, just in your head, just realize as long as you win your games, you're going to be fine. Uh, because if Oregon wins out, uh, which – they could do. They play Oregon State. The same time Texas plays Texas Tech to Friday night, Oregon State, uh, an hour later, they'll kick off with Oregon State at uh, Outson Stadium in Corvette, uh, up, there in, uh, up there in Oregon. Uh, it's a home game for them against Oregon State. Eugene. Then they're going to play Washington, Eugene. Then they're going to play Washington in the Pac-12 title game. Okay. If they win both of those games, they're going to be ahead of you, and they're going to be in the Final Four. Yeah, yeah, those data points are just too strong. But then Washington's going to fall behind you if you win, right? So don't worry about that. And if they lose, then you want to worry about them. Done. You're done. Uh, so the, 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 right now with two weeks remaining, uh, the fourth installment, you know, really I don't want to say doesn't matter. The sixth installment is what matters. <laughs> That's when uh, it'll all settle and the whole puzzle's played and all the games have been, have been played. And I think Texas still sits in a good place there. Now, as far as getting to the final four, that's the challenge, right, which means you probably need Florida State to take a loss. Or, as you said, Alabama to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. Chaos. And then, then cross your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> that the committee would still leave you ahead of Alabama even if they beat Georgia. Or, you know, you would put Alabama and Texas in and then drop Georgia out. Yeah, if, if, Bama, win, if Bama beats Georgia, man, that Texas win over Bama in Tuscaloosa is so strong. Yes. It is, I mean, it's by far and away the best win for any team. Yeah, it just, it just puts Texas's win on steroids. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. And, and then Georgia would have the argument, we've been number one all year. Well, but you lost yeah. Alabama who lost That's to right. Texas, so you're out. Yeah. Essentially, Texas can declare itself the unofficial SEC title, right. SEC champion. Yeah. So, and, and so that's, that's, a, that's a path in. Uh, so, but at the same time, there's also a path to where the Pac-12 winner of the you know, Washington-Oregon is in ACC champ if Florida State wins out in mm-hmm. know, Georgia or Alabama and, or Georgia and then Ohio State-Michigan on one of those teams. But I think Texas is in a good place with two, two releases to go in two you. weekends. But they've got to win. I do think it would help to, to win with some style. Hey, Rod, real quick before we get to your style rant helps. and get to Nick Shuley and the set list ATX, let me mention it was 60 years ago this day. It's one of those events in our country's history that uh, if you were alive for it, you know where you were and when you were. But uh, President John F. Kennedy was shot and killed in uh, Dealey Plaza in downtown Dallas. That was 60 years ago today, Rod. 1963. Yeah. Um, still believed, I believe, by at this point, like 60, 
seven percent of Americans believe there was a conspiracy to assassinate the president? I think I'm among them. You're, you're, I think you're close to like that's really the the the, the is really at the heart of the beginning of conspiracy theories in our country. Like it, I'm, I'm sure people had conspiracy theories before that, but, but it becoming more of a a common a common term part of the everyday vernacular oh, for, for Americans. Sure. It was after the JFK assassinations, no the film, all that kind of stuff. We were really thrown into conspiracy theorists and the grassy knoll, all that kind of stuff. That's when we became obsessed as a country with conspiracy theories. Yeah. And rightfully so. There's still a lot of we still haven't solved it. We still haven't figured out what happened. Well, we, we think we do, but they're like, no. Nah, well, remember at the time when he was killed, his what his his brother was the attorney general, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and then, then he, he was not, killed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> assassinate him too. Can you? I, I would say, living during that time, like we've seen some crazy, wild things happening. But can you just imagine living during that time? Everything oh. happening in America, turmoil with like social injustice, and then trying, you know, racial oppression, and then assassinating like world leaders, like just getting knocked. That's crazy. Yeah. Like it's wild, man. Yeah, we think it's bad now, but we think it's bad now. But you get like world leaders were getting like, the, assassinated well, on look, American uh, soil. Psychotherapists <laughs> and clinicians and people are looking into why, because by by a lot of metrics and most every metric, we're better off right now than we've ever been. Yes. Okay. Yet we've yeah. got all this anxiety yeah, and we're yeah, all yeah. stressed out. Yeah. It's like, come on, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We uh, I'm with you on that too. We we look for yes, because I mean, my parents, my mom's listening. They're in their seventies. Oh. They lived through this, right? I mean, Oof. that good into Vietnam, MLK. It was just such a surreal time. I mean, they were going to the moon. Yeah. Presidents getting assassinated. Well, I don't believe that. Like, I don't believe that. Well, exactly. That's another one. <laughs> exactly. Going to the conspiracy theory. Right? People like, I don't, I don't believe we went to the moon. It's like they went to the, the moon. Like, set nope. in Hollywood. I don't believe it. Right by around Mount, Mount Rushmore, oh, Dion. Just crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mount Rushmore. Hey, can uh, I play this for you too? Because uh, that's a somber time. Sixtieth. It's always a, a thought to, to send a prayer and remember that day. 63 years ago, mm-hmm. or 60 years ago, 1963, November the 22nd. But you know what also November the 22nd was, Rod? Give it to me. Can I play this for you? This is pretty cool. We always have big moments uh, this day in history and that. Uh, Ty, can we have this? Now, you'll, you'll, you'll know the voice, but this, this game was also 10 years ago this year and this week, as a matter of fact. Can we play this for you? This is uh, the great Texan and Austin High graduate, Vern Lundquist. Here we go, Vern Lundquist. In all the years I've done college football, even in all the years I've done football, which is 40-plus uh, at the network level, my favorite game of all time, bar none, is uh, the Iron Bowl, Alabama-Auburn in 2013. We come down to the last possession for Alabama. Here comes Alabama's Hail Mary. No, 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 they are. Yeah. T.J. Yeldon on a running play scoots across the 50 and goes out of bounds either with no time left on the clock or as Nick Saban argued one second left on the clock. We showed end zone sideline cameras and it was pretty conclusive so the official said put one second back on the clock. That's when we both got surprised by Nick Saban's decision to try a field goal from 57 yards out. He was upset with his field goal kicker, a senior, who was one for three or four at that time in the game and had one blocked. So he put a redshirt freshman on to try a 57-yard field goal. Hmm. 57 yards. Remember, a blocked kick can go the other way, too. He's got to be careful and get it up. On the way. No, returned by Chris Davis. Davis goes left. Davis gets a block. Davis has another block. Chris 
Davis. No flags. Touchdown, Auburn. An answered prayer. And then I thought for just that long as I look back this way, dear God, don't let there be any flags. <laughs> and there weren't, fortunately, for my career. Uh, and then Gary and I just shut up. And for one minute and 21 seconds, we didn't say a word. And all I said then was, well, you might want to see that again. <laughs> all right, there you go. Vern Lundquist, uh, 10 years ago this week. And that's I play that because that's Vern's great. He's a Texan, a uh, local guy. But, uh, you know, he also called the, the Tiger Woods chip that rolled in with the Nike swoosh. That yeah. was his call at 17 mm -hmm. and uh, – or 15. And, that, I mean, that's what makes this weekend so great, Rod. I mean, the Longhorns are not playing a rival rival, but they will starting next year. Mm -hmm. Rivalry weekend back, is baby. the best because the Iron Bowl, Texas, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, just so many great games. Civil War uh, starts tomorrow night with yep. uh, the Mississippi-Miss State Egg Bowl. It's just one of the great weekends of the year in college football, and that's uh, as good a game as it's ever been in one of those rivalry games. You're right about that. That was, yeah. good. That was a great moment. Unbelievable. Chris Davis returns it and uh, uh, shatters uh, Alabama's dreams. That's awesome. Because that's, that's the dream, Rod. You played in rivalry games. You want to – You want to be the guy that makes the play. Yeah. Everybody wants to make the Justin play. Justin Tucker mm -hmm. to beat the Aggies for the final time until next year. Bragging rights. Pretty cool. Damn right. Hey, let's get to uh, Rod's rant here in the 9 o'clock hour. Nick Shuley and Setlist ATX coming your way. Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. Okay, so um, my man Alex Okafor is doing a, a multicast now. He calls it Behind the Face Mask. Really good. Lifetime Longhorn Alex Okafor. He does a great job. And uh, he had Tavondre Sweat on. Tavondre Sweat getting a lot of love. He's one of the best players in the country, best D tackle in the country if you look at pro football focus grades. And uh, just actually had a standout performance versus Iowa State uh, Yeah, in response to Jared Hufford, the interior offensive lineman for Iowa State, talking a little trash before the game uh, to Vondre Sweat. And Byron Murphy basically answered the call uh, because uh, had a block, you know, to Sweat had a blocked kick. He had a, a, a batted pass in that game. Byron Murphy had the sack down the game, clinching sack for Texas. Uh, so definitely made uh, Jared Hufford uh, eat those words uh, <laughs> because uh, he was – before the game, talking a little trash, but what you don't realize, he also was talking trash to the best position group on the team, the D-Tackles, and that group is coached by Bo Davis. Now, Bo Davis uh, infamously gave the Bo Davis rant two years ago when Texas was embarrassed and received an old biblical Old Testament-style butt-whipping at the hands of the Iowa State Cyclones. That rant was recorded by somebody on the bus and essentially went viral once, uh, you know, it went hit the Twitterverse. And Longhorn fans, and some people thought it would end up being something negative for Bo Davis, Longhorn fans loved it. And Bo Davis became an icon and a legend as a result of that rant. And there are some people, including myself, um, that think that that was one of the turning points for the culture. 
uh, at Texas. And we've talked about this season and how the culture at Texas has won them a lot of games. Sark talked about it uh, earlier this week in his media availability that this is a culture season for them, and they're proving to uh, you know uh, combine the five-star talent now with a five-star culture. So a lot of people said that Bo Davis is red, that emotional, passionate plea was a big part of turning things around for Texas on that, on that bus after that uh, loss to, to Iowa State. Now, the reason that Bo Davis started ranting is because he heard some players joking around on the bus, and they were joking and laughing after an embarrassing loss. He thought there should have been a more somber tone on the bus after that, more reflective tone, um, and there wasn't. So one of the mysteries is, well, who was laughing on the bus? Who was joking around on the bus and, and caused Bo Davis to go into this epic rant? My man Alex Okafor, he put on his investigative journalism hat, and he got to the bottom of it, put Tavondre Sweat on the hot seat. Here's the conversation. I remember the week before y'all had lost to Iowa State as well. And that's when Coach Bo had that infamous bus rant. This ain't a game to me. If you think it's a game, get the f off of this bus. Where were y'all at during the time when he said that? Like, what was y'all's? I was mindset? on the bus. You was on the bus when that happened. <sighs> it's kind of hard for me to say this. I mean, it's years gone now, so I, it's a couple I mean, seasons. Hey. It's gone now, so somebody we we all, we walked to the bus. You feel me? We chopping it up because, like I say, certain guys take it different. You know, so guys like, dang, we low, but like, we know we just not all about football. Like, hey, don't get me wrong, like it sucked, but it got caught in the wrong moment because we on the back of the bus, bro cracked the joke. <laughs> and I laughed, and my, I laughed hard though. <laughs> I laughed hard. I man. I, look, I know how you laugh, so I, I know how it came off. He ticked. Then, like, right after, like, all the video stuff, look, he go me. Like, yeah, bro, y'all stop all that laughing and playing and stuff, bro. <laughs> like, come on, dog. <laughs> Shout out to our man, Alex O. For Behind the Face Mask is the podcast. Great job there. And, yes, how ironic that Tavondre Sweat, arguably your best player on the team right now, he's the one that instigated the Bo Davis rant because he was the one laughing on the bus at a joke after they got embarrassed versus Iowa State. Beautiful. Can't write uh, that kind of stuff. No, you can't. I mean, that's uh, a lot to like about that, that they, you know, you know that, that could have been see you later, Tavondre, right? In this yeah, day and age. Been, it could have been really a bad situation, yeah. yeah. Uh, but obviously he – took that and uh, listened to what Bo Davis said, who wants to be on this bus. Because there's a lot of, uh, you know, writers out there looking at this and hearing this thinking, man, there's some, some you know, synergy here because you got a bus, right? So and the message for Bo Davis was like, who's either on this this literal <laughs> bus, yeah, yeah. but we're going this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on oh, this, yeah. We're this coaching staff and this team. We, we're first year here. Who's with us mm -hmm. and who's not? Get off the bus. Get off. Uh, literally and possibly figuratively. And here we are two years later, and uh, the bus is cruising in a good direction. And Tavondre Sweat's a massive part of that. The guy that started the rant. Yeah. The that was a reason for it. And he's <laughs> arguably, you know, the most improved player from that day to now on not, the football team. I, would, I think you're right about that, actually. I would say you are right about that. From that day to now, it's like him and Jalen Ford's in that conversation, yeah. probably. So I'm sure there was, was some like self-reflection. Jake Barron's in that conversation. Yeah, I mean, self-reflection for him there, but Bo Davis has embraced it and 
coached him up. They all got to see by, uh, Moro Ojimo and Keandre Coburn last year play at a higher level than they've ever played. Christian Jones, another one. That's another one. Who's right. so improved from where he was to where he is. And all those guys are going to the Senior Bowl, uh, which I mean, that's pretty damn cool. And that's I think that's why Sark's been so loquacious about it because he's just excited that the the guys that have bought in, they're helping to change and turn. And, you know, he's on the recruiting trail now for the future to being able to sell this. The guys, Devondre Sweat and Christian Jones were three-star players that, that are playing like four or five-star players are going to go play in the NFL. Um, you know, so we're getting five stars, but you can come here and, and be developed. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anthony Hill Jr., the, the freshman the, you know, linebacker, he flipped from A&M last year to Texas as a commitment as the number one defensive player in the state because of that. That you know he was he was watching what was happening with mm-hmm. the development at A and M or lack thereof in Jimbo Fisher's culture, and then saw what was going on here and was like, because like Anthony Hill was pretty clear, I want to be developed. I want to play in the NFL. I'm, yep. I'm planning on being here three years, and I'm going to play Sundays, which is fine. And Sark doesn't shy away from that. But you've got to get the development, and now he's here and he's you know playing as a freshman. So think about that, Rod, as a as a coach like Sark to be able to tell recruits and show recruits that you know will develop you over time if you stick with it. You know, if you come in and you're, you know, you're not playing immediately, if you stick with us, like Jonathan Brooks and these guys, you're going to play and get your shot and you're going to be a good player. And if you come in and you're ready to play, like Kelvin Banks and Xavier Worthy and C.J. Baxter and Anthony, you'll play. Mm-hmm. Malik Muhammad. Yep. So he's been able to sell that to the five stars and maybe the, the lower-ranked players to not, you know, not just come in, but come get developed, come play. And that's, that's a really winning formula. A guy who has been developed is Xavier Worthy. Um, now, I'll give props to Xavier Worthy. Um, because I asked him once when I interviewed him, um, that's this guy on the team. Um, and if you don't, you don't have to say it himself. I actually asked him, you know, who's faster than you on the team? And Xavier really said nobody. He said, I'm the fastest guy on the team. Well, not just on the team, uh, based on real analytics, uh, they do real-time in-game speed tracking. And they have speed tracking data for every week of the season and every game of the season for every player and every team. And they have tracked Xavier Worthy last game in Iowa State game on that punt return that got called back for a penalty at 22.7 miles per hour. He was the fastest player in the country last week. And not only that, he was the fastest player that has been tracked in college football this season via their in-game speed tracking data. Uh, he actually now joins their 21-plus miles per hour club. Those are players who have been uh, tracked at over 21 miles per hour. Uh, Trey Benson uh, at Florida State has been tracked three times over 21-plus miles per hour. Dylan Edwards at Colorado twice, along with Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State. Troy Franklin at Oregon also twice. And Xavier Worthy of Texas uh, on the 21-plus miles per hour list uh, for 2023. He's been on there two times. And the most recent, obviously, 22.7 miles per hour. Fastest time clocked in college football this season. So essentially, based on real analytics, in-game speed tracking, they're saying right now that Xavier Worthy is the fastest man in college football. So not only the fastest guy on his team, but based on in-game real-life tracking, I'm not talking about 40 times here. We're not talking about track times. I'm talking about in-game pads on uh, in-game speed tracking, fastest time that's been tracked so far this year. And if you're looking at fastest conferences, turns out the Big Ten and the Big 12 are the fastest conferences based on appearances on this fastest players of the week list uh, by real-time analytics. They had 37 appearances each, the Big Ten and the Big 12, 
Pac-12 is next with 36, ACC then with 29, then the SEC last, slowest of the Power Five conferences with 25, AAC with 14, Sunbelt with 13, Mountain West Conference with 9, MAC with 6, Conference USA with only 3. You look at teams with the most appearances on the weekly fastest players in college football list by school, Ohio State has appeared 8 times, then Oregon and Florida State both appear 7 times. How about the Kansas Jayhawks? Fastest team, arguably, in the Big 12. How about them apples? Kansas with six appearances on the fastest players in the college football list. Michigan, Colorado, Iowa State, USC, UCF, Bama, all with five. And the most appearances by position, running back. 109 times, wide receiver 79, DB 26, quarterback 21, and tight end. Only one tight end has been registered on the fastest players of the week list. So there you go. Speed kills. Speed kills. The he next man, remember, was the Wyoming coach after the game. That's the fastest player I've ever seen on a football field when he ran that uh, touchdown. He might be right. And uh, it'll be fun to watch. I think Xavier Worthy is going to leave for the NFL, uh, you know, hey. after this season. We know he's he gone. He gone. Mel Kuyper, Mel, Mel Kuyper Jr. Had, yeah, had him a first-round pick and compared to the Marquis. Hollywood Brown coming out of Well, honestly, Oklahoma. I think a lot of the projections about where he could go, he could go to the Chiefs. I know it sounds crazy, but the Chiefs are going to be drafting right at the bottom of the first round, and they got him going at the bottom of the first round, and the Chiefs need wide receivers. Well, he he could end up in a beautiful catbird of a seat. If he ends up with Patrick Mahomes. Oh, and Andy Reid. Yeah. And, and that, off, that offense is very similar conceptually to a lot of things that Sark does. Pre-snap motion shifts, targets in motion, you know, movement with a lot of your wide receivers. Lots of X-Men is already put on film with Sark. Yeah, and he'll, he'll get an invite to the combine. He'll get to, to run that 40, and we'll get mm-hmm. to see that for sure because we know he can blaze it. All right, we come back. Good stuff with Rod's rant. We'll pick it up with Nick Shuley, Setlist ATX. We're the best live music shows of the week in the uh, live music capital of the world. Nick will be our roadmap coming next. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook them up with Ian Rod B. It's a uh, Wednesday staple. It's Setlist ATX with our man Nick Shuley, the president of the Austin Music Movement. And this is a really big week because uh, a lot of folks have some time off. Four days of feasting, and you just want to get out of the house and uh, with family in town, maybe go see some great live music. Oh, yeah. uh, Nick will help be our roadmap, and he is in our Horn headquarters back there on um, the banks of 360. Hello, Nick. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving to y'all, too. You too, Nick. How you doing, man? You doing anything fun for the uh, the big holiday coming up tomorrow, or are you just going to chill like, like uh, Rod and I? Man, all my, all my immediate family's here. Like, we're from the Pacific Northwest, like Washington and Oregon, but, uh, like, everybody else is here, so we just chill here. It's nice to not have to travel and just kind of hang out. So we all get together at my brother and sister-in-law's house and have a bunch of people over there, so it's cool. Way to go. Yeah, man. And uh, I'm sure after all that family, you know, sometimes we call it forced family fun. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's uh, you, you, It sounds like a great idea. And then you're, you're, you know, one day in, you're like, Ugh, I got to go. They're pretty fun, but they, I think they get, do get a little annoyed at me screaming at the Cowboys like pretty much the entire time. So, you know, it's just a tradition. <laughs> Maybe that won't happen this year because of uh, – are you a screamer at the television guy? Because I've never watched a game with you. Uh, I, get, I get a little too frustrated with the Cowboys. Like, uh, I don't do it as much for any other team, but they just – I don't know what it is. I believe in them every year, and it's just, you know – 
It is what it is. Might be all right this year. Might be all right. They've no, got you, the commanders tomorrow. Just need to give up like I have. Yeah, the, well, just I, give up. I actually <laughs> did denounce my uh, my fanhood this year to uh, to my best friend who's a uh, big Cowboys fan. Hey, so it worked when I gave up on the Rangers. Yeah, so it could work for the Cowboys. Yeah, that's true. I, we can vouch for that. He did. He mailed he did. his. He that's sold true. his Rangers stock and fandom. And that's when they started to <laughs> hit their stride. Exactly. I could be the key. That's what my friend texted well, the me the next is, game though, and and instantly I, I responded back. He's like, I knew you were watching. I was like, I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> so the ultimate, you know, it's in your blood. It is. Uh, they're, they're the ultimate tease, though, this year because they're really good. But then the two, you know, big marquee games, they've you know gotten blown out and gave away the Eagles game. So it's like, oh, this is what I'm walking uh, into. Are, it's going to be January all over again. Are they really good? Are they really good? Who have they beaten? So. I think they're pretty good. I think they're pretty good. Uh, but yes, you have a a a, 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 a realistic eye Jaded. when you look at this, and you. And you're like you're like Charlie Brown with the football. You you've missed it too many times. And <laughs> suckered it. She suckered you in. Yep. Okay, let's run through some great music. And this is a big weekend. And I'm sure it's big. I have to assume with the Austin music movement, this is a big weekend for the venues, right? To get folks out and folks from out of town and uh, tourists. It's it's a cool weekend to have live music in town. Yeah, there's a lot of good local stuff playing and and some some kind of a lot of a lot of legends here. So it's a it's definitely a good thing to take. You know, it's it's those concerts that you know are going to be good shows just because you've seen that artist a few times. And so I think there's a lot of good stuff you can head out to this weekend. Starting tonight at the Moody Center, uh, one that Rod would probably like to be at and tie, and then there's one at ACL Live at the Moody Theater I'd like to be at and hit him up tonight. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, I actually saw a bunch of people who went to Travis Scott last night, and it looked uh, looked pretty crazy. It was packed out. So he uh, he's doing night two over at the Moody Center. So. <laughs> but Not a he, fan tie. No. Yeah, I have a I have a rough relationship with him after the whole Astroworld thing, but you know he doesn't care. <laughs> Good point. Oh yeah, that was him. Yeah, right? that was controversial. That yeah. was at the, down in Houston, uh, and then at ACL Live, a band I like. I've got some stuff on my iPad. They rock it out. Uh, yeah, Royal Blood. I love them. A British kind of blues rock band. It's almost like I would say like it's a heavier version of the Black Keys in a sense. It is. is a good way to describe it, and they're have fantastic the, live. They are, tr- and it's, it's kind of like the Black Keys, and it's only it's only two two guys, right? Yeah. And they're out of the UK. And what's what's the show? The uh, the pinky the Peaky Blinders. Uh-huh. Uh, they, there's a lot of Royal Blood music in that in that show throughout the course of the seasons. Yeah, they are kind of the soundtrack for that. They're phenomenal. Um, and then another a, a good metal band will be over at Emo's. August Burns Red. That one's pretty heavy. So you know, way to bring in the holiday and Thanksgiving by just listening to people scream. So it's it's good stuff. <laughs> well, and then if you're looking for something calm and laid back, and uh, you can go to the Saxon Pub tonight. Yeah, Wimberley's finest, Slade Cleves, who I'm just such a fan of. He's he's put out so much good music over the year, and just a great, uh, great, great show to see. And Saxon's a perfect venue for that. Slade Cleves tonight. All right, Thursday, couple uh, couple legends playing Thursday night here locally. Yeah, nice thing to do after you, you know you stuffed yourself full. Maybe head out and go see uh, Patrice Pike rock it out at the Saxon Pub. She you know she does her Thursday thing and she is she's always good and and uh, that's that's worth headed out to and and then Dale Watson will be over at the Continental Club with his Lone Star Thanksgiving show. There you go. So if you, that's the one. If you can get people out and you don't want to watch the, the NFL game, uh, Continental Club is a legendary spot. And to see Dale Watson in that show is tremendous. Patrice Pike right over there on Lamar at Saxon Pub. All right, Friday, uh, four good shows. Yeah, Friday from the uh, – a lot of people might remember the song of Barbie Girl, that I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world song. Aqua <laughs> is uh, doing their anniversary tour over at Emos. So for all you Barbie fans, that's, that's, your, that's your spot. <laughs> 
Oh, and then uh, for the football game on This Is Good, you can come see us at Mockingbird Saloon, but also see uh, an Austin legend over on the Longhorn City Limits stage at 2 o'clock. Yeah, Bob Schneider will be over at Longhorn City Limits. He's at 2, and then I saw that uh, Big Hat, who's a who's a cool little drink company from here, they're doing a, uh, a pre-show uh, in their little lounge with this group called Nightcap, who's really good, too. So there's two good pre-shows kind of happening before the game, which will be, co- which will be fun to watch. That's a good way to get out and enjoy what's going to be a beautiful Friday and uh, extra tailgating. Bob Schneider, legend in Austin and uh, all over, gosh, legend in music. Uh, and then Friday night? Yeah, Friday and Saturday, if you if you don't have anything to do, Mike Flanagan Trio will be playing, and they, they have Jimmy Vaughn sitting in, in, in both of those. Uh, and they'll be at Sea Boys, which which is a good one to take uh, you know out of town people too. It's Sea Boys is an awesome spot, and just to see you know Jimmy Vaughn and Mike Flanagan the, would be cool. No question. That's Saturday and Friday at Sea uh, Boys Heart and Soul right there on uh, South Congress, and then uh, the the Godfather of the Austin Blues is playing on Friday night. Yeah, it's W. C. Clark's birthday, and I was told by Joe Abel's that in and I quote, "It will be legendary. Come to this one." So that's the one we're gonna we'll have some we'll have a couple passes to give away to that. Oh, so it's it's W. C.'s birthday, which means you're gonna get a lot of probably uh, walk up guys and uh, honoring and celebrating the birthday with W. C. Clark. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Joe didn't give me any intel on that, but he just said legendary. So Joe Abel's is not, a, not an overhyper. <laughs> <laughs> overhyper. All right, we'll have a, we'll have a couple thoughts on the set list there and the guest list coming up for W.C. Clark's birthday at Saxon Pub Friday night. How about Saturday? Yeah, Bob Schneider will be at uh, at ACL Live with his Moonlight Orchestra, and I, I've I've heard they do some you know holiday music mixed with a bunch of Bob's hits there. So that, that's a, a you know just an always classic Austin show. <laughs> And then uh, Dead Eye will be over at Antones, and they're one of the big Grateful Dead tribute bands. So for all you all you jam band fans, that's that's your one. And then for all you uh, Kansas City Chiefs fans, there will be a Swifty dance party at the Empire Control Room. So uh, ta- I guess all Taylor Swift songs dance party, which uh, I, I could see wow. that being crowded. <laughs> Well, Ty, you want to get up in there, man? Take the <laughs> yeah, the female to male ratio might be in your ball, in your favor. It's like throwing a ball one. in the yeah, ocean at that one. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you might, Ty, might be you have some moms with their daughters. You know, that might be that. There you go. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Is it going to be a crying yeah. party or a dancing party? Oh, no, they're going to be dancing. They'll play Swifties, Swifty tunes. you got to put up with that, but at the same time, uh, that could be a worse. really good ratio. Yeah, bring you. your earplugs because people screaming at the top yeah. of their lungs every single lyric. So. <laughs> Uh, also, Green Hall Friday, uh, Saturday night uh, there, Nick. Yeah, Burleson, Texas's Casey Donahue will be at will be at Green Hall, and that's a good one. And then uh, this this show is personally very important to me. Johnny Craig will be playing at Come and Take It Live, and he was actually the artist I when I DJed. I toured with him like around the U.S. and Europe and some other places, and. He back then was struggling with a lot of, you know, addiction and other things, but he has since gotten clean. And I will say out of all the artists I have ever worked with in my entire life is and like I had a band that was signed by Timberlake and all these other people. I have never seen a more talented singer, just raw talent uh, than this man. And he he was kind of a he used to tour warp warp tour. He was the headliner for that. So he's been in all these emo bands, but just has the most incredible singing voice. So it's it's definitely one to check out. And he's he's since gotten clean and has really gotten it together. And it's it's a good show. And that'll be over at Come and Take It Live, which is kind of on the backside of where the back room used to be or emos is now on East Riverside. Right, cool. So Johnny Craig at Come and Take It Live. That's a that's a great lead up right there. That's Saturday night. Come and Take It Live with Johnny Craig. I love it. Sunday, one one show. Yeah. 
<coughs> pardon me, Mammoth WVH will be at Emo's. And so WVH stands for Wolfgang Van Halen, the son of Eddie Van Halen. And this is his project, named after the original name of Van Halen, which was Mammoth. Wolfie. That's, of course, that's the, the uh, Eddie Van Halen with Valerie Bertinelli. That's their, their son, and that's cool. Wolfie, very talented guy, Yeah, uh, without a doubt. By the way, did you hear, speaking of Van Halen fans out there, did you hear on the uh, Howard Stern show, Sammy Hagar went on there and announced that they're going on tour. Um, Van Halen and Joe Satriani is going to step in to play the role of Eddie Van Halen oh, in the wow. band when they go on tour. Isn't that cool? It was, uh, is and, David, and, uh, David Lee Roth going to be there too? <laughs> no. I, I, well, uh, Sammy Hagar did say there you may see some shows where he shows up. I mean, it's really the, the final farewell. And they Man. had to talk Satriani into doing it because there are probably only a handful of guitars in the world sure. that can play the uh, the Eddie Van Halen parts live. Um, and, and he would be one of them. Uh, that's going to be a great show. But uh, their son – well, yeah, of course, and and Sammy said he's going to play be all the hits, right? We're going to play old Van Halen, new Van Halen, everything uh, for the fans. It's for the fans, so that's pretty cool. I, di- I didn't see when the tickets go on sale for the the worldwide tour they'll do, but uh, their son, uh, Eddie Van Halen's son, will be playing emo Sunday night. All right, uh, legend as well on uh, on Monday night. Yeah, yeah, Irish songwriter kind of transplant to Austin now. In Austin night is uh, Pat Byrne will be playing at Saxon Pub, and he's fantastic. And then uh, on Tuesday, uh, this group Angel Dust, which features members of one of my favorite bands, Turnstile. It's a little more kind of hardcore music, but they'll be playing Mohawk. And then a really good kind of quiet folk singer-songwriter, Hiss Golden Messenger, will be playing Antones. And then another folk show, Mother Folk, will be playing with Kevin Devine over at the ballroom at Spider House on Tuesday. All right, there you go. Good stuff there, Nick, and uh, a lot of cool music. And we'll post that up hopefully at hornfm.com so folks can go reference it if you didn't write it all down or miss where, where who was where on what night. Uh, but we'll put that up, and uh, you can find it. Make it your roadmap to some music this weekend. The weather looks great. There's football and family, but also get out and see some great stuff at some historic venues too. So really good job there, Nick. We appreciate that. And, man, happy uh, – Happy Thanksgiving to you. What would you make of that Longhorn basketball team and uh, the podcast you're doing, uh, The Brotherhood? Uh, you, I'm sure you'll be talking about what you saw at Madison Square Garden this week. Yeah, yeah, no, we definitely – we actually uh, recorded one last night. It was uh, Royale, DJ, and I, and then we had on uh, – Caden Shedrick came on and, and talked. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, and he's, a, he's an awesome kid, man, really, really impressed by him. And, and I mean, his performance against Louisville had me – had me pumped. I think you know if when when this team gets healthy, when Shedrick's healthy, when uh, Desu's healthy, and yeah, and with the way Dylan Mitchell's playing out of there, look, there were it wasn't the greatest performance by the team in uh, in New York to say the least. But I think we scratched the surface of what Dylan Mitchell can do and saw that, and then and what Caden Shedrick can do. So I I'm excited, and I think it's it's always good to have a barometer at the start of the year. And sometimes you know getting punched in the mouth is a, is a good way to <laughs> to to learn to you know to learn what you need to work. On. <laughs> great stuff man hey nick appreciate that and they can find that just wherever they find podcasts right it's the, it's the brotherhood with a bru correct yeah and actually starting sunday we'll be uh we'll be on uh the inside texas network we you know bobby's uh bobby's oh, cool. lined nice. it up we're gonna so that episode should come out on sunday if everything goes according to plan you know the holidays kind of mess up the editing schedule for our guy colton but we'll uh <laughs> we'll get it out that's legit <laughs> All right, nice. cool. Awesome. Well, that's that. fun. Yeah, that'll be great. Rod and I are doing a lot of work with Inside Texas, and uh, that'll be, you'll be joining us with some basketball coverage on the Brotherhood podcast with Royale Ivy, DJ Augustine, and then special guests like you just heard, and Nick is the, uh, the driving force behind that. Hey, brother, <laughs> good stuff. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk next week. Y'all, too. Take care, guys. Take care, everybody. 
All right. All right. Uh, real clarity, and we get a break. Come back with who said that, Rod? Who said that? But on that, uh, Sammy Hagar announced that Van Halen goes on tour in 2024 with Anthony uh, Michael Anthony, the original bass, bassist. Joe Satriani will play the uh, Eddie Van Halen role, and then Jason Bonham, the son of. Uh, John Bonham, the legendary Led Zeppelin drummer, will be playing drums. Man. Uh, the Best of All Worlds Tour, it's called, which is a, a song they had. So that's pretty cool if you're a Van Halen fan. Because yeah. you, you think Eddie Van Halen dies, that, that, that you'll never hear him again or see him live. That's pretty good. I mean, Joe Saturn is not Eddie Van Halen, but uh, he's pretty damn close. Exactly. And Jason Bonham, uh, legend, uh, son of a legend uh, in the drumming world. So that's a good show coming up in, uh, in the new year. We'll come back. When we do, we've got, uh, gosh, hour 15 minutes to go. Who said that? Fabulous fifth hour, the last hour of the week on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rodby. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Aaron Hogan. You just got to keep living, man. Rod Babers. L-I-V-I-N. E and Rod B. On the Horn. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Who said it? Who said it, Rod Babers? We said this guy on the text line says, man, wife just sent me to H-E-B. No! no! <laughs> yeah, you. Ooh, man. That's, that's tough right brutal. there. brutal. Day before Thanksgiving. It's like, come on, You're man. You're a good man for doing that. Uh, you are. God bless you, man. God bless Good luck. Good luck. Right. I, I don't mind the H-E-B inside as much as uh, the parking. Parking lots drive me crazy. Yeah, I, I see. But still, man, in, in, in the H-E-B is no better because – the people inside H-E-B, God bless y'all, they don't <laughs> – There, there's no courtesy or consideration for others around them. So they'll be like – somebody just be, you know, walking, and they'll just stop. Yeah. They're like not thinking that somebody will be right behind them, and they'll just stop, and they'll start, like, looking at stuff with no consideration that there are others around you, so you can't take up the entire aisle. Or when you stop, you need to move to the side, that kind of stuff. People don't do that during the holiday season. No, there's no courtesy. There's no courtesy. And the air, that's, why, that's why I don't like the airport. The airport, nobody has home training in the airport. Manners don't exist in the airport, right? <laughs> What's that old, uh, the old adage about uh, football character that was like, uh, football doesn't build character, it reveals it? That's the airport. Yeah. The airport doesn't build sure but it reveals if you're if you're an a hole if you're if you're someone who's just a, a natural a hole and you're discourteous the airport will bring that out in you you'll become an a hole but if you truly do have yeah. great manners and you're graceful and you're considerate at least the air, the airport will test that uh, I think it's pretty good it. in those I'm pretty calm in those situations you should be most people uh, are not parking lots of H E B that's a downfall okay can we get just <laughs> people crawling along and people stop it's like <laughs> and then the guy that's like waiting for something waiting to, for that to, that prime spot it's like bro just drive just, yeah, the, you can walk another 50 the yards the big lady the large lady is like unloading her groceries it's still in her trunk and he's gonna wait for that spot like <laughs> yeah. dude he's like dude that's five <laughs> minutes you're gonna be waiting there and it might take her longer to get into her car yeah. and Start it. It's like, bro, you could be in the grocery store by the time she gets done. Yeah. <laughs> you would just fart. All right, let's do some who said that, Rod. Audio from around uh, the world that uh, we then try to figure out who said it. Who said that? Uh, Ty, I sent you a bunch of them, so you can just dial up any of the last three or four I sent you, and then, boom, we can play. Who said that? First you smile, then you think. You think football is fun. Uh, yes. Sir. Yeah, yes. No, sir. It was fun. Now, not anymore. Is make up your mind since you're thinking. Go on, think. Is it fun? Uh, no. No. Absolutely no. not. No. No. All no right. Way. Zero fun. All right. Listen up. 
I'm Coach Washington. We're about to have some fun. There All right, go. who said that? I saw that yesterday. That's great. That's uh, Denzel Washington with uh, Tom Brady on the podcast he does with Jim. Nice. Bray. I thought I could, I could add a little, no, little curveball on I saw, yeah, doing the Remember the Titans uh, yeah, scene. Yeah, they were acting out of scene. With Coach Boone. Read. Coach table Boone. Read. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty cool. Denzel with Tom, Tom Brady. He's I, I uh, love that movie. making some noise on his podcast. I got to check out his podcast. It's good. Remember, we got C.J. Stroud. We yeah. played some sound from that. There's some stuff on uh, there. Yeah, he and Jim Gray do a good job. And if Tom Brady calls to be on your podcast, you're going to go on it. Yeah, nobody's going to turn him down. <laughs> yeah. like, who's going to turn down Tom Brady when he says, hey, come on my podcast? Sure, I'll come on. I mean, I, maybe the president would turn him down, but not President Trump. Obama might not turn him down either. No, no, not a I don't know if, not I don't a know if anybody turns him down. Come on. I'm in. Uh, and, you know, that's it. You know, it's Jim Gray. If you can tolerate Jim Gray, it's, it's good, though. They're buddies. Uh, but, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, Denzel Washington. That was a really good conversation, too. They talked about a lot of things and acting. And Denzel's great. Den- remember, Denzel has a son that played, had a cup of coffee playing NFL football. Uh, yeah, and he's, got a, the Rams. he's got a son that's acting now, too. Yeah. yeah. Hey, who said this, Rod, and who said it? This decision was not taken lightly. I got a lot of respect uh, for Matt personally and professionally. It was not easy, um, but I thought it was necessary. This is a result-oriented business, and to be short, um, the improvements were not rapid enough or consistent enough um, for us to proceed. You got to score touchdowns in this business. You got to win games in this business, um, and just the totality of it has us where we are um, today. That's Mike Tillman. Yeah, Matt Hill. Yeah. Talk about Matt Canada. As we said, the first Pittsburgh Steeler coach or coordinator fired during the season since 1941. That's crazy. Yeah, the, Rooney, the Rooney families believe in consistency. Well, that's why they've only had three coaches, <laughs> right? I mean, in the last, what, 50 years? We've had three coaches in the last 50 years, something like well, that? Well, you know what's amazing about that? There's a lesson in leadership there and ownership. You know, Mike Tomlin was just a – if you go back to when Mike Tomlin was hired to replace Bill Cowher, he was one of the Rooney, Rooney Rule hires. He was. But they are—they know exactly the, the criteria they're looking for for their coach, and he knocked their sock out. Okay, you check every box. Yep. You're our coach. Exactly right. That's awesome. Now, Mike you Tomlin mean, is you have to coach. have that, right? It can't for the Rooney's done waiver. This is what we're looking for in our yeah. leader. This is what we're looking for in our football coach. And it, was, it is their rule. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what about uh, uh, yeah? But Coach Tomlin is. I mean, he's he, he's sharp. I was a, a DB family. He was a DB coach at Tampa. That dude. Is, oh, you know the voice. Yeah, he's been it. one of the best minds <laughs> in football for a while. Um, all right, uh, who said that, Ty? You got a, uh, you got this one dialed up. I sent you a text about which one I want. Let's go. All right, who said that? Reality, and there's no point in complaining about it. Um, you know, we saw it last week in South Bend, right? I mean, it's, you know, here's a guy that we recruited and we developed, and, you know, they're putting a video on him saying, we will always love you, and I'm like... <laughs> You only dated him for a couple of months. It can't be love. <laughs> We're the ones that love him. We had five years with him. You rented him for a season. So, <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, they, they, they bought him and rented him for a year, and now they love him. So it's, uh, you know, that, that, when that video played, it's just like, holy cow, this is where college football is. So. <laughs> you that I don't know who that is. Whatever, I'm past the point. I mean, it, it is what it is, right? And again, you know, Sam and I had a great discussion before the game and after the game, and, you know, I love the young man. I really do. And I don't blame him at all for what he did. I mean, how, you can't have – that's the system now. And for him to have the opportunity, you know, to have that experience and make that type of money in one year, who can fault him?
Who said that? And did you hear the pain in his laughter I don't know there? Who that is. That's Dave Clawson, the head coach of oh, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. He's talking about seeing Sam Hartman playing for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And you can hear the pain in his voice and the pain in his tone. And essentially, he's saying, you can't, you can't love that guy. We love that guy. That's, we love him. We nurtured him. We supported him. And then you guys just came and bought him up. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's the game these days. Don't hate the player. I hate the game. Yeah. But, yeah. He obviously hey, doesn't watch The Bachelor because he's in love all the time. As we're going to the top there, can you play part of the one other? This is a, a scathing indictment of the UCL, USC head coach. Right? Listen to this from a radio show in, Le, in L.A. Uh-oh. And that no one had conveyed any sense of urgency into the rivalry to them. And I guess it's a fitting end to a regular season with perhaps the most front-running team of all the front-running teams in USC history. And that's saying something. Am I right? That is saying something. Lincoln Riley looked like an outsider who understands nothing about SC versus UCLA, coaching a team of primarily mercenary transfers to pretend like they care about playing for USC or in the city of Los Angeles. Is that Petros? Petros, yeah, yeah who played Petros. for USC yeah, and know so knows the rivalry. Mm-hmm. Petros Papadakis talking about uh, yeah. Lincoln Riley uh, has no appreciation for the USC-UCLA rivalry, and they got smoked in that game. Damn. And the players don't either. Everybody's dissing Lincoln Riley in L.A. now. Go. L.A. Times, Petros. Hook him wow. up with Ian Rodby coming back. Final hour.